Hi, my name is Kevin McQuillan, and the following pre-recorded conversations are my attempt to make sense of the human experience through the practice of yoga. I hope you enjoy. Good morning, everyone. All right, what a day it will be. Day of creation, indeed. I'm gonna pull you up here, have a conversation, then we'll gather yet again on the mats to move into practice. A morning of practices, a day of practices. A riveting experience it will be. <clears throat> Come on up. We get to sit together, be together. So good morning. This is for you those in the, for those that are in the teacher training. The 200-hour yoga teacher training. This is day six for you. Day six. Where is the time going? <laughs> Feels like day 60. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So day six. Much to accomplish today. The theme today is create what's next. Create what's next. What is next? It's a hell of a question, isn't it? What's next for you? And ideally, you have an answer. Whatever that answer is, who knows? Ideally, you come up with an answer. It does not have to be some grand vision. If it is, great. Maybe it's something simple, not so simple as I want this more. I want to feel more of this in my life. Whatever that is. That's a great focus. Hey, I want to feel more intimacy in my life. Bravery. Connection. Whatever your thing is. So it doesn't have to be this grand vision where you have your entire future mapped out. And again, great if you do. Wonderful. But catch something that you can wrap yourself around. That's the idea, to wrap yourself around something, something that means something to you, so you can practice purpose. That's the point. It's the whole idea of these practices. You're practicing a purpose, whatever your purpose is. And what's wrapped in the purpose is meaning. And that's a good thing, to have some meaning in this life, because life can be meaningless. You could argue life is meaningless. You could. Life is meaningless. We make up a bunch of meaning all of the time. Something happens, meaning. Something happens, meaning. We're like meaning-making machines, constantly making up meaning. <laughs> and so an element to this is choose your meaning. That's a useful idea. And why is that important to you? When you start asking yourself these kinds of questions, it creates this conscious connection to something. It's like, oh yeah. If I was able to establish this, things would be different for me. And that could be neat and useful and potentially wonderful, not only for me, but also for those that I say I care for. If I could make my life better, perhaps I could make others' lives better. And that's the tendency. We're feeling good about our life and ourselves and feeling confident and have self-respect and trust and all these various different things. The tendency is that we're generous. 
There's an abundance that comes to us that we want to give away, and typically freely. And that's more when we're aligned to our values. Feeling successful and satiated. And you all know what that feels like. It's a brilliant thing. Sometimes fleeting, but brilliant nonetheless. And it seems to me that is the pursuit. Pursuing something meaningful. Because otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> what is the point? What is the point? And so you can think about create what's next is you designing a life that means something to you. The opposite of that is just chasing simple pleasures. Whatever the next fix is. Your Starbucks, I don't know, next fancy t-shirt, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's just like these quick fixes, these meaningless pursuits that we can fall into. I just want something, give me something I can feel happy with. And they're so fleeting. It's like, give me the next fix. <coughs> and we can get caught into that. What's the next quick fix? Give me something. Give me something so I can feel good. Maybe it's a glass of wine. I don't know. Maybe it's searching for a compliment. Mowing the lawn really nice. I don't know. Whatever. And so I want to break this down this morning. And that's what's up on the board is expectations versus reality in some ways what expectations can then lead us into, and how important it is to be rooted in reality pursuing something that is real. Expectations aren't real. Maybe they manifest at some point, and that's okay, depending on what the expectations are. But up on the board, expectations. And one of the expectations, one of the fundamental expectations we have around being a human being is that we're supposed to be happy. That's one of the fundamental expectations we have as a human being, that I'm a human being and I should be happy. I deserve to be happy, I'm a human being, and where is my happiness? Where is that thing? Maybe it's under that rock, or at the bottom of that fracamachino, or whatever those things are called. <laughs> or maybe it's my next Amazon order. Maybe that's where happiness is. Maybe. The next relationship, the next this, the next that. Happiness must be there, and I'm searching for you. And that pursuit, that drive to be happy, leaves us shallow, meaningless. There's no depth in that, pursuing happiness. It seems to me happiness is a consequence of practice. If you're practicing something meaningful, Somewhere in that is joy, something like that. It has some depth. And so that expectation can lead us into places we don't necessarily want to go because it keeps us shallow. Just running around searching for happiness. <coughs> and it's often tied to resignation because we're encapsulated in fear and shame. It's attached to a strategy we'll speak about, not right now, but we'll speak about these things, and what happiness is attached to, the pursuit of happiness and what that's attached to. 
The challenge is it does keep us shallow. There's not much there, and if there's not much here, there's not much to push into. And we become a pushover. If you've ever been a pushover in your life, it is a difficult stance. There's not much respect in that. And that's a problem if people don't respect us, but push us over and walk on us. There's no depth, there's no substance, there's nothing to you, so get out of the way. Go take your, your frivolous pursuit somewhere else. Go chase happiness somewhere else. And that's like a stiff perspective. But if you anchor into this, it's like, uh-huh, okay. If you've known somebody in your life that's a pushover, do you respect them? The answer is no, you don't. If you're really honest with yourself, you don't. You might torture them for a bit and then discard of them at some point. And so that's a problem being that in this world. And it's a lonely path, it's a lonely road going down that pathway and it's dangerous. Not only are you dangerous because you're unpredictable, it's just dangerous for you being taken advantage of all the time. And so it's a recipe that has a way of fragmenting our character. And it's a recipe and a pathway for consistent and perpetual disappointment. And that has a way of mm, tormenting us in a whole host of ways. What's going on here? I'm supposed to be happy. Why do I feel this way? There's something must be wrong with me. Everybody looks like they're happy. Look, they're smiling. They look like they got their lives together. What's going on? I don't feel that way. So there must be something wrong here. My approach doesn't work in this relationship. The relationship must, there must be something wrong there. Doesn't feel very good for me to be at my work. There must be something wrong there. Being out in the world doesn't feel very good, so there must be something wrong there. And one of the complaints we have that's associated with this perspective is that there's something wrong here. It's one of the fundamental complaints we have as a human being. There's something wrong here. And if you really anchor into that, what you'll notice is, wow, there is something wrong here. <laughs> and how often you rely on that complaint. It'll shock you. That's where comparisons live. Well, the sunset's nice today, but it wasn't as nice as yesterday. Ah, this breakfast. Well, I liked the one two days ago. I hope tomorrow is better. Like these kinds of things. The comparisons constantly, the mind constantly comparing. There's something wrong here, there's something wrong here, especially if we are attempting to pursue happiness. And that's it. And so it'll be intriguing for you to notice how interrupted you become through that complaint. It's an unsettling environment we can create by holding that complaint as often as we do. Because what ends up happening is we start believing it. And that's the problem. And it never allows us to set us up, ourselves up for success. 
because we're too anchored into what's not working. And it's very easy to squeeze out anything good out of anything, especially if we're hypercritical. And that complaint leads us into being hypercritical. There's something wrong here, there's something wrong here, there's something wrong here. There's nothing good in that. And so if we're focusing on all the things that aren't working 95% of the time, only 5% of our life is working, or whatever that equation is. And that's a lot to carry around day in and day out. And so a counter perspective here, and it seems to me this is much more accurate, much more accurate to the human experience, which is also up on the board, which is, real, reality is li uh, the reality is life is complex, it's difficult, and it's tragic. If you think about your life, it's difficult, it's complex, for sure. Have you ever paused and tried to figure yourself out for like five minutes? It's like, what, what is this thing? We're so complex. All these moving parts that make us up. It's like, ah! And it's difficult navigating this world. Relationship into relationship. And all the things in which we attempt to do on a daily basis. And it's ultimately tragic. You think of the loss and the complexities and the experiences we have where we're tortured and tormented, how often that occurs, and then ultimately, we're going to die. I mean, it doesn't get any more tragic than that, which is kind of intense. And that's the pathway for each of us, kind of a tragic ending. And so to me, this seems much more fitting. Is that true all the time? Of course not. But getting out of bed each and every day and putting your feet on the ground and standing up straight can be difficult at times. It's like, okay, here we go again. I don't know what today looks like, but okay, I'm here. And to think about what you've had to grapple with so far in your life, it's a hell of a run. It's a wild ride, to say the least. And to think anything other than that seems to be naive. It's a naive stance. Life is full of hurt and sorrow. It definitely requires depth. That is absolutely true. But it also gives us an access to possibility in this experience of profundity, wisdom. By working through these tragedies and the hurt and the sorrow, and we can learn. We can try, we can feel triumphant at times in our lives when we've overcome something that has been challenging. And you already know what that feels like because you've done it many times over. It's like a gripping adventure that you're on every single day. <laughs> That's what it's like being a human being. It's, a, it's wild. And if you're in the pursuit of something, it can make life worth living. The opposite of that, when we become purposeless, meaningless, we start to disintegrate. So much so 
that life isn't worth living anymore. That's how it can be. And that's not happening less, it's happening more. Not less more these days. Which is sad and tragic. And that's the reality. Again, all you do is have to look at the last couple of years and what we've been attempting to work through. Us as an individual, us as a collective, it has been difficult, complex, and absolutely tragic in so many different ways. But yet, if there's some meaning attached or nestled into this experience, we can actually learn something. We can peel away the parts of ourselves that no longer work. And it's like, okay, I need to renew myself so I can update myself, so I can be in this world in a way that I can contribute the way, in the ways in which I want to contribute. And that's a big commitment to take on, significant. But a great one nonetheless. You don't have to, you're fine. That's where teaching is so powerful. It's a contribution. Ideally, you're contributing, contributing the way in which you want to contribute to others, the world, your community, these kinds of things. And it can be a beautiful tool for that to occur if you hold it that way. So creating what's next is very difficult because it's painful. And why it's painful is we have to sacrifice so much to have the future we say we want. We have to give up so much for that to occur. Because who you are now won't work in the future. This is what's so interesting about attempting to make a change. It's like, what do you have to abandon for that change to occur? And what you'll start to notice is it is significant. And we've been speaking about that here in this program. Who you are as an individual, your identity, how you're wrapped up, how you've made yourself, that's what you have to abandon in some ways to get the kind of future you want, to set yourself up for that kind of success. And you have to choose what you're willing to cut away. And if you think about that, you know, like in the physical way, I'm just going to cut my arm off. It's like that would be painful. But there's parts that you do need to cut away, a perspective, a mindset, an emotion, these kinds of things, experiences that have made you up, that have shaped you. And so if you cut that away, your shape will change. And that will be weird. It's like, huh? Why do I feel so different? Why do I am talking differently, listening differently, seeing differently? And it's disorienting. Like you, I've made a lot of change in my life. I've created this place. This is constantly changing. I live a life of change. <laughs> like, what have I done to my soul? But this place is constantly changing. People coming, people going, people coming. Things are constantly moving here. I'm in relationship, I'm out of relationship. I meet you, then you're gone. I meet you, you're gone. It's like it's such a weird existence. <laughs> and so I've designed this life where life is constantly changing around me. And the characters are constantly changing, and that means I have to constantly change and to meet what's next. And there's always something next, and it's different. Maybe it's similar for a few days, but then all of a sudden, gone. What I knew is gone. 
and now it's creating something different. And that takes a lot of perseverance in the things in which we've been speaking about. And so I know very well what change, what change takes because I'm living it every day and I'm not suggesting you are, aren't, because you are. But I really understand how difficult change is, especially when I first started this place and all the things I had to work with. It's like, okay, what? What, you're leaving me? Oh, that's weird. And it's like these mini heartbreaks and all these things I was experiencing along the way and had to build my tolerance around that, constantly feeling I was being left. I was being left, I was being left, I was being left, and that was true. That was happening. But also what was nestled in that, there was meaning. It's like, get over yourself, Kevin. People aren't just leaving you. <laughs> but there was a part of me that felt that way. It's like, ah, okay. <laughs> and so that's an area where I had to toughen up. And that's good. But I also know how delicate relationships are, especially in an environment like this meet wonderful people all the time, then they're gone. So these unique experiences with people and then it's gone. And that wasn't the case back in my past. I'll show you, I'll share a little tale with you. <laughs> when I was younger, I used to live, um, I'd say a very dangerous life. And I positioned myself in very dangerous experiences constantly. And there's an element that, um, that I had that uh, it was a punishing experience. You know, I was punishing myself in a whole host of different ways. And the lifestyle I lived, it was about punishing other people as well. And I found myself in trouble consistently and constantly all of the time. You know, and I had this naive kind of mindset. It's like, oh, trouble just finds me. I don't know, I'm not looking for it. It's like, uh-huh. It's like it, everywhere I want, went, I was creating absolute chaos. Didn't matter where I went, absolute chaos. And I'd whip it up. And it led me into this experience where, <clears throat> I'd say it started young, like in school, getting uh, in trouble at school, getting suspended and expelled and these kinds of things. And that evolved into getting in trouble with law and the law. And eventually finding my way in and out of prison. And in between those experiences, finding myself in a lot of trouble and more trouble and more trouble and more trouble. And I remember this point in time, <laughs> still moves me. Ah. And there's a part of me that uh, appreciates going in the past because I never want to forget where I came from and the pain that I was in because I use it as a motivator. It's like that's always waiting for me. I can always go back to that version of myself. And there's an allure there. It's like, hey, why don't you come back over here for a while? We can stir up some shit together. <laughs> and I was in my hometown. I was in my car at night by myself and I came up to the stop sign. And at this point in my life, I was, in this period of time, I was being constantly harassed by the police. Pulled over, hauled to jail, strip searched, pushed out, all these different things. 
attempting to my, make my life as difficult as possible and squeezing me in a whole host of different ways, and I deserved it. And that was one side of the equation. The other side of the equation, life was becoming very dangerous for me. Multiple times being held at gunpoint, being shot at, these kinds of things. And at the stop sign, it was so interesting just to pause. I don't know how this came to me. It's like, okay, you have a decision to make. And best you make it now. You either stay in this town, and if you do, turn left. And the likely outcome is you're going to be in jail, in prison for a long time, or you'll be dead. And that was really quite like, that's how, just how profound that was. Those are my outcomes. It's like, what a stark and how would I say it, sad, tragic outcome. And the other option is like, look, if you turn right, get the hell out of here and do that as quickly as possible. And for whatever reason, I turned right. And that was a very concerning decision for me because what I had abandoned was everything I knew. This whole identity I created for myself, this whole life and lifestyle, my family, my friends, it's like, you gotta get out of here as quickly as possible. And so I did, I moved. I moved to a city, distanced myself from that, which was good in a lot of different ways, but it was an interesting decision because I was terrified of leaving what I knew, but I was also terrified of moving into what I didn't. That was a very difficult decision. Both were fear-based experience. Do I stay or do I go? How much fear can I tolerate? But what I started to realize in that moment was, okay, there's much a brighter future for me potentially than that. And in that moment, it felt like I was being steered by my values. It's like, get your shit together, Kevin. You, your life has much more meaning than this. You have much more to contribute and give to this life than this, this chaos. And what was interesting in that, when I did move, it took me years to unwind all of the things that I was so tied up into. Even though I moved, I was still creating chaos everywhere I went. Constantly fighting, constantly just in tussles and conflict wherever I went. And I got away with a lot. That was so interesting to me. And I thought I did. But I didn't. Life continuously came and talked to me, slapped me around a bit, and taught me the lessons I needed to learn. And it was a slow change that I had to go through. I have a tendency of being stubborn. <laughs> and the hard lessons have knocked many times over. It's like, okay, you're not listening. Here's something else. Slow you down a bit. Okay, you're not listening. Here's yet another thing you have to pay attention to slow you down and wake you up. An injury. No. Another stint in jail. Loss of a job. Loss of a relationship. When are you going to wake up? When are you going to wake up? I'm going to continue to slap you around until you wake up. And it was only when I started positioning myself in places I didn't want to go. Things that I felt were threatening to me. And mostly that was spending time with other people. I designed a life that I kept people away from me. And I created an entire identity out of that. I am dangerous and stay away from me. You get too close and I'll hurt you. 
I'll punish you relentlessly. That was my posture in the world, and it worked. People were terrified of me. And I gave them every reason to be terrified. And that was a protection strategy that I implemented each and every day and for years. And the one place I did not want to go was into relationship with people. That was one of the greatest threats. And that was such an interesting realization. I was ris literally risking my life to stay out of relationship. It was so bizarre. But that's what I had to push myself into, push myself into. And I was so concerned about being accepted, deeply concerned. You'll never accept me if you knew who I was, ever. And I hid myself for years. I didn't talk about my past. I wouldn't let people in. Give them just little snippets, just little snippets, just little snippets. It was intense. And I was in, oh, I suffered. And there's a part of me that felt I deserved that. Ha! And it was just so gripping to me. And so as, as long as I spent so much time and effort creating that experience for myself, it took years to unwind it, years. And it's still an effort for me in a whole host of different ways. But what I'm so appreciative of is I can look back and be like, oh, you have come a long way. And good for you. It gives me something to feel good about. I certainly didn't trust myself all that much at times. But the practices, yes, because I know they work. It's like, OK, how can I wrap myself in practices that are going to lead me to the destination that I want to be? What are those practices? And how committed am I, am I to change, really? And that's what you have to confront in yourself. You say you want the future you want. How committed are you, really? It will not come to you overnight. You have to fight for it, wrestle for it, grapple with it, and change your entire life to position yourself to have what you want. That's the reality of it. And that's why so many people will not choose change. They won't. They'll play with it for a bit. Yeah, I'm committed until it gets too difficult and it's abandoned as quickly as possible. And that's where perseverance is so key and critical. And you know what this is like. You know you've changed your life. You stepped away from very difficult situations and how difficult that was to do. Ha! And so you have a good sense of what change represents in your life. There's nothing easy about it. Somebody says to you, it's like, oh, just get over it. Why don't you just change? It's like, oh my, what? <laughs> How can you be so naive? And how much it takes to change and how much it takes to encourage somebody to change, to stay with them through change and all of these different things. And you as a teacher have to be that stand for people because they will give up on themselves. And that will be true. You start working with people in different ways, through yoga and these kinds of things. You're teaching your students how to, I don't know, move into a new, new shape, a new pose. You'll see how quickly they'll give up on themselves. I can't. No. I have all the excuses. 
I'm scared, I'm not strong enough, all these different things. And if you allow that to occur, what you're enabling. You have to be a force in your teaching and not tolerate people being weak in your space. It's like, yeah, that's nice, it's fine, you got all that. I get all that. And there's a whole side of you that you're neglecting. You're stronger than you think you are. So let's do this. I'm here, let's do this. And you've been doing this with each other. Posture clinics, supporting each other. Some of you gone upside down, all sorts of weird things you've done together and how much you've appreciated the support. What's to understand in this is that success is a very narrow line. Success is a very narrow line. The chances of you failing are way more likely than you succeeding. And what's in that equation is failure, something that you don't like. <laughs> if there's a chance of failing, what can happen is you don't take it. Failing represents something to you. You now know what that represents to you. You've defined what failure actually represents, the language of failure for you. Those three sentences we've defined during our time here, that's the representation of failure, to use the individual. And you now have that. And if you can really look at these three sentences, your core decision, cycle of dis-ease, it is steered you and makes decisions for you and keeps you out of places where you may fail. No, don't do it. Don't, don't have that conversation. Don't go there. Go here instead. It's much safer for you. And so if you see up on the board, the criteria for success, there's even a chart up there <laughs> to lay this out. One of the benefits of taking on new things is we get to challenge ourselves and develop skill in the challenge. And there's nothing like that because it's a gripping endeavor. We also notice there's a thin line and what's in that thin line is possibility. That's success. Look at all the pitfalls that support it and are around it and surrounds it, encapsulates it. That's all the failure, expectations, resignation, the chances of becoming bored or anxious. And if you think about your life, it's like you're going to live on one end of those extremes. Do you have a tendency of getting bored or do you have a tendency of getting anxious? That's a good learning. Great. Because if you have a tendency of becoming bored, notice what happens. You'll abandon something. And as we abandon certain things, resignation lives there. If you have a tendency of becoming anxious, and so anxious you'll abandon something, resignation. It's the recipe for failure. And knowing which side of the spectrum you have a tendency of hanging out on, do you get bored or anxious? You have something to work with. Can I overcome feeling anxious in this moment? Will I do it? Can I develop some interest around this so I'm not bored? Can I develop some enthusiasm about, I don't know, doing the dishes or <laughs> finishing this book, even though it's boring at this moment in time, it might change. These are the ways in which we abandon our values. And in the abandonment is betrayal. It could be from the smallest examples into 
the bigger picture. I've been in this because it's boring. I've been in that because it's boring. This conversation is boring. This book is boring. This TV show is boring. I'm boring. You're boring. Life is boring. And all of a sudden, we're encapsulated into that mindset. It's no different than anxiety. Constantly abandoning good things in our lives because we're getting anxious. Prerequisite, challenge, and skill. And to approach challenge to develop skill. That's the idea. Life is one great challenge, isn't it? There's pitfalls. And to expect them, which are expectations and resignation. That's waiting for you. You're head to toe in expectations. We all are. And some of those expectations will lead you to resignation. The likely outcome is boredom and anxiety. <laughs> I mean, it's just wild. But if you're able to pull yourself through all of that, through practice, you'll be triumphant. You'll be stronger as a consequence, and nobody can take that from you. And that's where self-respect lives. And it's a brilliant thing. So create what's next. It is no simple recipe and endeavor, but it's worth pursuing nonetheless. If you really get a sense of what's waiting for you, called your past, ideally the terror and fear that lives in that will motivate you into your future. Like, okay, I'm only a few decisions away from that, so best I shape myself. Cut away what I need to cut away so I can move in to this phase of myself. And so that's the question for you. What's next? Anybody have an answer to that? What's next for you? What are you pursuing? What is what's next for you? I'm going to find my sketch of the writing. <laughs> yeah, very good. You're ready for that. Yeah, you are. I get that from you. And the question is, are you, are you ready to be supported through that? That's the question you have to ask yourself and answer, because you're going to need it. Very good. Who else? Yeah. Grow up in service. Yeah. Grow up in service. Growth and service. OK. Growth and service. I like that. Great. Thank you for that. Fantastic. Sounds wonderful and horrifying all at once. <laughs> yeah. And that's the idea. It's like, okay, woo, this is tantalizing. And then it also, it's also pinchy. Tell me what you're feeling. Yep. Yeah. What are you feeling? Just giving you an opportunity to share. You get a sense of the emotion that's with you. Good. 
Yeah, which isn't so easy sometimes, right? You're doing great. Glad that you're here. Thank you. I like what you're saying, and it makes sense. But <laughs> I'm in a board space right now, and board mm -hmm. is safe. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure I'm ready for the challenge. There's a lot of risk. Yeah, great. That's what I'm, I, because I'm here. Yeah, and I like how you put that. <clears throat> you know, maybe I'm not quite ready yet to make the change. And that's a question of itself. It's like, okay, how do I prepare myself? Not ready today? Will I be tomorrow? Will I be a week from now, a month from now? What's it going to take for me to prepare myself for this change that I know I need to take? <clears throat> the risk for you is you're in that contemplation for the next 16 years. <clears throat> yeah, this board sucks. It, uh, but, yes, well said. But failure, complete failure, if you take risks, would suck too. True. But what's going to be more riveting and better for you? Aha, uh -huh. yes, absolutely. It sense. True. It's easier to stay in the here rarely makes sense. Down here, it's like, come on, let's do this. We're ready. And that's the benefit of getting into your body. This thing will make up stories and keep us in the pause for a lifetime. Don't do it, it's not safe. Rationalize, rationalize, rationalize. And so that's a great thing. To know what you need, to have out in front of you what you know you need to pursue, and then now making the decision. It wouldn't be great going home 10 days from now with a new commitment around this. Mm. It would be. It would be. And so it's opportunity. And that's what we're attempting to do is set ourselves up for opportunities after opportunities after opportunities. It's easy to stay anxious. What's the tendency? <clears throat> I'm anxious. Doctor, give me some pills. I'm fixed. Life isn't fixed. It's easy to stay bored for a lifetime. And the tendency is that is the way. Right, yeah. And what comes out of that is blaming a bunch of other people why your life is the way it is. Why you get to stay the same. I'm good, you should change. And good luck. My life will be better if you change and I want you to change and change and change and change. And so in that I get to stay the same and that's good. <laughs> it's not so good. So today, let it be grand. Wrap your practice around something that leads you into where you wish to be, the purpose. Yes, it's terrifying. So what? The consequences of not taking a risk is much more horrifying than taking the risk. So let today be that day. Create what's next through practice in community. You up for that? Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody. Let's move to your mat. Move to your mat. We will continue on and carry forth.